Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances. But most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. to Soul Purpose Healing, and I see my guest is here already. I'm so excited. 
Let me bring in uh, Mama Evelyn Johnson. Are you ready, my dear? Are you ready? Hello. Hi there. Are you ready? I still can't hear you. You can't hear I'm me? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, you can't hear me. Check your um your mute button or your volume. Let's see. Your volume. What you what you might have to do is call me on your phone. Are you on your phone? Oh, you can't. She can't hear me. My guest is here, but she can't hear me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I called you from my other phone line. Okay, but the only problem... The problem is we're going to have an echo. Yes. Oh, okay. So I can't do that one. I got to figure out something else then, huh? Are you on? Are you on your phone? On the skirt? Are you on your phone? On the computer? Evelyn Johnson with us on stream live stream, and she's uh, just making some adjustments so she can hear me. And I'm muting her. Just, I'm muting her. I'm muting yeah, we still have an echo. So, uh, did you link? Did you hit the link on your computer to come in on video? You know what you might do? Do you have earphones? Do you have earphones? Okay, we're trying to get Mama Evelyn in here. Okay, you're on mute. Mama Evelyn? Okay, she's on mute. All right. All right, my guest is uh, doing some work on her end. And in the meantime, I want to welcome all you in um, Love Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me this evening. Uh, I originally had um, a guest scheduled, uh, my mental health clinician uh, and life and wellness coach. And she called me this afternoon and told me she had a family emergency. So, of course, I'm like, I'm, I'm at the point now in this uh, blog talk uh, business that I just take a deep breath and ask Spirit, what do I do now? So, well, it turned out that my friend L.A. called me 
shortly after that, and I said, well, LA, do you have anybody who can come on uh, and talk about overcoming the fear of uh, losing a child? And he, of course, he's been in blog talk for nine years like me. And he said, oh, well, you know, I might have somebody. Let me see. He said, blah, 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 blah. He thought, okay, Mama Evelyn might be a good one. And I said, okay, where is she? So he calls her up. We talk right away. Boom. Mama Evelyn says, yes, I can come on the show. Now, Mama Evelyn is from Chicago. She actually has a ministry. She has a ministry. Let me see the name. Kids on the School Rent. No, wait a minute. She has a ministry somewhere. Domestic. No, 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 no. Anyway, she has a ministry in Chicago about um, Reclaiming Our Youth Day. Mama Evelyn Johnson. So some of you who are from Chicago, you might know her. Uh, she has uh, reclaiming her youth day. So my my uh, original guest was the reason I brought up this topic about uh, overcoming the fear of losing a child. Because um, my original guest uh, has a 22-year-old son who two years ago was violently stabbed by a woman, a strange woman, I believe it was. I'm not sure if he was new or what. But this woman stabbed him about two years ago and punctured his lung and his kidney. And so he was in the hospital for, uh, I think it was like six months. He was in a coma for a while in the hospital. And, of course, that's the time when a parent is really stressed about fear of losing their child. When they're in the hospital, they have a disease or a sickness, you begin to think, oh, my goodness, I could lose my child. This child could die. This child could transition. And so um, when she was sharing the fear she currently has, because he overcame the stabbing, although he has, of course, um side effects from that wound that he's now dealing with in terms of pain. So what happened was uh, he had developed an addiction, I believe the addiction to pain medication. And so she's now dealing with a 22-year-old son who lives with her sometime, part-time and who doesn't, and he has an addiction that is causing his behavior to be off the chain sometimes. In fact, the reason she's not here tonight is because there was some incident with him uh, in his life of being an an addict. So when she made a video on Facebook, she was expressing tears about being afraid of going through this, this risk of death, really. The risk that your child, the risk is that your child could overdose and that's the end of his life on uh, planet Earth. So we want to really get into um, the fear around children. Now, while we're waiting on uh, Mama Evelyn to uh, come back to the screen, she might have to call in. But, um, okay, unmute yourself, Mama Evelyn. You're on mute. Okay. Okay, because it's telling me that my computer does not support this Google thing. 
they so only we, a few years apart. Yes, yes, we're we're still youngsters. Okay. <laughs> so, Mama well, Evelyn, I was so I was so impressed when we talked earlier. Um, when you told me that three of your grandchildren have passed on, and one of your the other grandchildren, all all children of your biological daughter, and um, the other child is, I think you said, in prison. Yes, all four. They went after all four of her children. So. Tell me a little bit about, um, number one, how you handled that and how your daughter handled that. My daughter was angry for a long time, but we had to do our, our concentration on the one son that she had left and the her other son's children, okay, because they all had children. So oh, there wow. were three There were three sets of grandchildren that we had to be strong for to teach them how to come through. So okay. I came up with the idea of the celebration. Reclaiming Our Youth Day is a celebration of children dying too soon. And it's also okay. teaching children a new way other than them believing that they have to do what they say, this stuff that's going on in the street. Right, it's Okay. A, since it was it says in Chicago that ninety nine point five percent of the young people who are dying here are Afro descendants. Ninety nine percent. Ninety nine point five percent. That high. Young people, yes, the young people that are dying here are Afro descendants, okay. and there is always some kind of violent act in the community. Although in some cases it's natural causes, but that is very rare. So wow! Oh. So this is so, a totally so, black celebration. I find all mm-hmm. of the black vendors that I can find on Reclaiming Our Youth Day, and they work with children from seven to twenty. From seven to thirteen, they give the child twenty-five dollars that day for working with them to learn how to run a business. And from 14 to 20, they give them $50 a day. We feed them all day long. If they want to eat 20 times, they can go get 20 hot dogs and eat them. Yeah. And it don't cost it don't No, it don't cost the children anything because it's about okay. them. Right. Okay. So they are learning right. how to, how to um, run a business. We even have them where they're emceeing the program. We have one of the most known, well-known DJs in Chicago for a few years. You ever heard of King George, the DJ radio no, DJ? I, uh, well, he, no, has worked, maybe some. he has worked with us a few times, and he would teach a child how to be a DJ. Wow. Isn't that and awesome? And then we would do, yes, we would do, and then we had um, – Brothers from the Nation of Islam, New Era, the original men in black, those, we didn't call the police to be our protectors. We brought the men in the community to be the protectors. Okay, so the children would see somebody that looked like them. And then we actually do a reclaiming ceremony. We put the children in the center, 
and they take an oath. Somebody prays for them, and they take an oath to accept love and guidance. And then they are surrounded by the women that are there. Somebody prays for them, and they take an oath to give love and guidance. And then the women are surrounded by the men, and someone prays for them, and they take an oath to be providers and protectors and leaders of the community. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, Were you born in Chicago? Yes, ma'am. I've lived in Chicago all my life. All my Uh, life. So what, what part of Chicago is your reclaiming ministry in? Is it all over Chicago or is it in one location? Well, this year, we usually, it had been at my church the first five, six years, it was at my church. We did it outside, you know, outside the church. And then I started dealing with, I don't know if it's like this where you're at, but these young people have boundaries. In the city of Chicago, most children will not go more than one mile in any direction or eight blocks in any direction from their house. So after coming up, coming to that realization, we started trying to have them in different locations in the city. So this year, what we got people to do is say you were a property owner. I would say to you, okay, do what you do best and get some young people to work with you and put it out on the front of your house and teach them to sell that way. Because, see, what we don't know as a community, there in this world, there are 305 billion of us. If we decided one day a month for every last one of us to put $1 into an account, we could create 20,000 jobs in our community every year and would not be dependent upon anyone but ourselves. But the knowledge has to get out there. And we have to show our children that there's a different way, and that way is love, that you can't get respect by disrespecting others. And when it comes to doing harm to each other out here to take each other's lives, if it has happened to you, why would you want to put somebody through the pain that you went through? And it's getting them to understand that. Right. Okay. We need to go back yeah. to doing some stuff that I don't know if you remember this or not when you were coming up, but it had happened to you because it happened to me until I was a teenager, and you was right behind me. On the block, you used to speak life into it. You'd be walking to school yeah. in the morning, and there would be old people sitting on the porch, and they would tell you to have a fantastic day. They would tell you you're going to do yeah. great things. We don't speak life right. into our children anymore. Right, and it right. was also called the walking school bus because it protected the children on the street that you lived on until they got to the next corner. Then there would be more elders sitting on their porches in the morning to make sure that they got past that block without anything happening. It don't ha- That don't happen in the mornings anymore. It used to be called the walking yeah. school bus, and then they would be out there in the evening. There were safe spots in your area 
There was a place that children always knew they could go. If your mom had to work late and didn't get home before you got out of school, there was a safe house that you'd know you could go to and say, oh, my mom ain't made it home from work yet. That's right. Wait, now, what part of the what part of Chicago did you grow up in? Okay, I I was born right across the street from where Cook County Hospital is, and I went to Smith School, and then we moved to K Town. We lived on Carloff and Grinshaw, and from there we moved to to Fairfield, where I stayed until I became an adult and got married. And at first, I lived around the corner from my parents. Um, and then I moved into further into the Londale area on Homan and 12th Place. And after my first husband passed, I moved to, to the south side to 73rd and St. Lawrence. I moved back home with my mom, okay, because they did not think I was stable enough by myself and my daughter uh, after just losing my husband, but... But that was a good move. That was all God's plan because when I moved on that block, I became one of the parents that I used to look up to because I had a five-year-old daughter. So I knew the parents Mm -hmm. of all of her friends. Right. Then I walked to school with them. And I would develop activities for all of them when they got out of school. Wow. So so they had a... Huh? Sounds like you, sounds like you are really fulfilling your purpose, and you have been for some time. Uh, not wandering about what I should do, who am I? Uh, you you're doing exactly. You've been doing exactly what you came here to do, wouldn't you say? Or do you feel that way? I I feel like I'm walking in my mom's and my grandma's footsteps. Okay. And yeah. I can say this. I really do believe I'm doing what I was sent, put on earth to do. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and the reason that it is so important for elders to get involved. At one time, I guess I must have been about 13 or 14, I thought I wanted to be a bad girl. So (laughs) I had a friend of mine give me a sawed-off shotgun, and I got a baby blanket, and a pillow. And I mm. thought that I was going to be a sticker woman. Oh, my. And, and I just so happened because I, and I, and don't get me wrong, I didn't have to worry about anything as a child. My mother was a nurse and my father was a chief chef. So, you know, even though they had 12 children, you know, we didn't want for anything. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's right. But I wanted to be a bad girl. I, I just decided I wanted to be tough. Okay. But I ran into two of the most famous women in my life that were not relatives that I claim as my other mothers. And that was Nancy Jefferson and Doris Reddick Dickens. I used to call her Mama Dickens. They talked that they talked that gun out of my hand to the point do you remember the blizzard in nineteen sixty eight? They had been wagons to they had me pulling wagons to take food to different people during the time, you know, that couldn't get out to get food. I think I, I remember uh, 68, I was in um, 
elementary school or um, middle school, and I remember a, a big snowstorm, and and we, you know, we walked to school in those types of that type of weather back then. Mhm. We yeah. we put on our boots, our hood, our snow snow uh, outfits, and we um sent a, they sent us out the door. I mean, it wasn't a blizzard when we walked, but it's funny now to think about the weather conditions that we had to walk to school in in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and then I ended up getting married young. I was only seventeen when I got married, and I lost my husband two years later. Oh. And his mother-in-law was another positive influence in my life. So the women, I was lucky enough, I was blessed enough to have some positive women take an interest in me. So I tell young people this. You come around old people because you're seeking knowledge. When old people seek to be in your presence, then they see a light in you that God is trying to shine out. And they're trying to brighten that light. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking tonight. We want to talk about the fear around that parents have of losing a child. Whether it's, I don't know if you heard at this beginning of the show, I was talking about the young lady who was going to be my guest, how her son uh, was stabbed violently uh, in Arizona. This was in Arizona. He was in the hospital for several months. And now that he's uh, recovered from that, after about, I think it's been about two years, she's struggling uh-huh. with fear of losing him with uh, to, to an addiction, an overdose possibly. So it, 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 what, is, what is your uh, wisdom on women who might be going through something like that? To stay prayerful for one, and secondly, to develop feminist in a year. And to have, and she really needs to have a conversation with her son. But definitely talk her into praying before she does that, because the first thing that they will try to do is he will try to make her angry enough where she doesn't want to talk to him. But she definitely needs to make sure that he understands how she's feeling, and he needs to be able to explain to her how he feels. In the old days, they used to call them the it's all right to cry party. You didn't make fun of people who cried. You let them get it out. It does not help to hold it in. Because fear is false evidence appearing real. Right. So if you get the understanding between each other, then you got some protection because you got something you can fall back on because you'll think about the fact where he said, oh, he was just feeling down that day, the reason he did it. He's not doing this every day. So if I know he's feeling down, then I might decide to make his favorite sandwich and say, okay, huh, eat this. I bet you can't eat as many of them as I can. <laughs> no, I mean, change the focus. Yeah. You know, but so, see, you can only know to do that if y'all are if they're talking to each other and she gets some understanding of where he been because guess what? How do you know that each time he does what he does that scares her, he is not reliving 
themselves getting stabbed. So, so Mama Evelyn, we've got to take, we're going to take a commercial break and um, uh, stay with us, and we're going to come back. And um, I really want to get into uh, more about um, your door, even your daughter's. Um, when you you said something about she handled uh, the death of her children well because she was spiritual. So I want to know what that means. Uh, for okay. our audience, was it spiritual? Because I, I believe uh, we handle we we can overcome the fear as we mature spiritually, and so that's what I want to get into when we come back. So we're going to take a break. Um, let's see. Unmuted. Our executive okay. producer, Naima Latif. Uh, I've opened up your mic, and we're going to take listen to some commercials, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Do you worry about finances, family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down to earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul, whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. I'm Beata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. 
Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. live on both Soul Purpose Healing and my personal uh, page, Vieta, and I'm also YouTube, uh, Vieta's Tiny House Village, uh, where I am so excited to be uh, loading up some Cuba videos really soon this week. I'm going to put those videos up this week, I'm determined. And we're also in the Blog Talk Radio studio of Soul Healing and the Female Solution. So we're talking tonight about overcoming the fear that many parents have. Just having a child, I was watching a video, uh, Mama Evelyn, um, uh, and I realized that when you have a baby, when a mother gives birth, that's when the fear starts, is that seeing that beautiful child and then just doing everything they can to avoid losing that child is one of the goals. And as that child gets older, uh, some women and, and, and husbands get more, and fathers get more controlling, more control because of the fear more than anything, I think, sometimes. But um, my uh, experience with letting go of fear came um, a couple of years ago uh, when my two sons, my grown adult partners, soul partners, I call them now, came to me on Mother's Day and said, Mom, we got the vaccine. And I, I, my heart just sank because I had been doing the research about the vaccine and I thought I, I've been sending them messages about don't take it because, you know, it's dangerous. And both of them came to me on Mother's Day and said, we both, I got the vaccine, I got the, and I just, that was, my heart just sank. I was so depressed in that moment. But I, over the coming, the, the following days and weeks, I, could, I kept being hearing spirit and the most high, the creator telling me, now you are having a different relationship with these young men. There, you are not their mother anymore. You don't influence them like you did years before. You are uh-huh. so part. And that was the beginning for me of letting go of the fear. Because up to that point, I was carrying a lot of fear about, oh, what would happen if they die? What would happen? Blah, blah, blah. But that moment when they came to me and I realized I have no influence over these adult men. They are now in the hands of the Most High. So, Mama Evelyn, yeah. when you said, I asked you, well, how did your daughter handle uh, the death of three children? And you said, well, she's very spiritual like I am. Tell us what that means um, to be spiritual when you. She prayed. She understood, though they were not here physically, that they were still with her emotionally and spiritually. They were just on another realm. Okay. 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 And so the thing about, and if when you lose someone, 
There are certain things, and they let you know that they're still with you. You say you lost two of your sons? Well, no, I didn't lose them, but they came to me and gave me information that said I wasn't their mother anymore. I wasn't influencing them. <laughs> the thing that I'm going to say to you about this is that even when t- people pass on, and this is the reason that I tell people, yeah, just because you don't see them, maybe they're not. There will be certain instances that will bring them directly to your heart and your mind, and not in a negative way. You may hear their favorite song play, and you ain't heard it in six months, and all of a sudden you'll hear it play. It's them letting you right. know that they're still with you. And see, and regardless of whether we understand it or feel that way or not, when you are teaching your child to be a responsible adult, you are teaching them to move on. And when I say move on, because you don't know which one of y'all is going to die first. So you are teaching them to live without you as well as you are teaching yourself to live without them. Ooh, say it now. That's that's deep. Now, it's going to hurt. I'm not telling you that if they die, it's not going to hurt. Because right, but that, right. hurt comes from, that hurt comes from the shock of it happening. Because that's not right. the way you envisioned it. You never, ever expect, expect to outlive your children. Right, right. But, see, we have to understand, too, just like God put Jesus on earth for a certain time, he put you and your children on for a certain time. And it all depends upon the goals that he has for you how long you are on this earth. That's the reason some people live to be in their hundreds and a whole lot of people don't. Then you'll see those people in their hundreds are still talking to young people and other adults about different things because they have that purpose. Everybody comes into the world with a purpose. Right. But most of us don't take the time to find out what our purpose is. That's right. That's that's pretty deep about you know what you said. We we teach our children to move on without it. That that's one of the goals in being their parents and helping them grow and develop and mature, right? But what the way you said it was how we're also teaching ourselves to move away from them. Is that how you yeah. how you put it? Uh huh. How many people in our age group are still living with their children in the same household? Right. We are teaching ourselves to be separated but still love each other. Right. To give support as long as it's needed. Now, now I'm does, living. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm living in a separate um, house, but I'm in my son's backyard. I actually renovated a shed that he had in his backyard, 
when I had to move from a place I was living because they sold the, the place, and I'm helping him with his two children because he's divorced. Because So they come here every two days and every other weekend. You know, they have a visiting time. And so okay. I get to observe his behavior, uh, which is many times uh, doesn't meet my expectations. I'll just put it that way. But it is teaching me, again, as you said, to move away from my expectations. Mm-hmm. Because you have to determine what their expectations is. Because they don't see yes. life the same way you see it. Yes, yes. So, but you, so, you totally. instill certain things in them to make sure that they have certain strengths. Now, how they use them strengths when they become adults, that's going to be up to them, you know. Yeah. And that's not easy, um, I think, especially when women have more than one child. might have a, a cousin who had, I think it was eight children, and uh, one of her children uh, passed away. And it, it took her a long time um, to uh, come out of the grief of losing that one child. But um, as you explained, you had you had you were one of. Did you say twelve siblings? Yes, I'm number ten out of twelve. Oh my goodness! So so in that in your lifetime, how many of your siblings passed on? I have lost uh, five of my brothers. Oh, I only wow. have two left. Okay. Okay. Over the okay. years, I got lost the first one in 1968. Then I lost one in 72, and I lost two during COVID. So was, I'm missing were, one. Your, were your parents alive? Did your parents uh, outlive them? My parents were alive, outlived all but two of them. Wow. Okay. So how did they handle the death of their children? Well, like I said, we would have prayer celebrations. For their birthday every year, we would still have memorial celebrations like they were here. Um, We looked after their children, included them in everything that we did. Okay? And my mother prayed. My mother was a praying woman. She prayed morning, noon, and night. (laughs) You know, all the time. We used to laugh at her. Yeah. Father? My father, was he was a doer. He just kept busy all the time. He um, he would talk to my mom about it, but that would be it. He wouldn't talk to us, the children, about it. Okay. And see, and the thing about it is this. His mother, my grandmother, she claimed all of her life that she was around us, and she lived to be in her hundreds. She always told us that she had a goat, lady by name, and she would always say that she was around her. You said a ghost? Her, your grandmother had a ghost? Yes. Her name was Miss Beasley. 
Okay. And my my grandmother would talk about they were friends. They were lifelong friends. Okay, as long as she was oh, around. Yeah. Okay. So, and my grandmother would talk to her all the time. And even when she got ready to die, she told us that Miss Deasy was calling her home. That oh, it was time goodness. for her to go. Yeah, that it was time for her to go home, and that we should be prepared. Now- Miss Beasley wasn't a relative, or that she spoke of. She had when I came into the world. She, my grandma, had that. I don't know where Miss Beasley came from. Um, we we thought it was weird, so we never talked to her about her ghost. But there were certain things that, uh, at one when we got older, we started believing her. Because Miss Beasley would tell her stuff that was right, and my grandma couldn't get out the house unless we took her out. But she would know all kind of, so we never challenged her about Miss Beasley. And so how did that affect your journey? And did you teach that to your daughter about your grandmother's experience uh, with an invisible uh, energy in her life? Oh, yeah, that was a family thing. Everybody talked about that one because it was just so many different things that my grandmother was able, my my grandmother was wheelchair-bound, okay? So the most she, the furthest she could go by herself was just to the back porch because it was flat. Okay, and we always talked about that fact, and it it was just it was a natural thing. And I would just tell her, just because it seemed like when well, you know, like when her father died, I said, just because you think that you're alone, you're not. He's still watching over you. And she would tell me certain things when she became a teenager that she was going to do that she knows she shouldn't, and all of a sudden at the last minute she would change her mind. I say, yeah, that was your dad whispering in your ear because he knew I couldn't see you. Ah, and she would okay. just look at me. <laughs> you know, she would just look at me like, okay, my mom is crazy. <laughs> okay. But then after she became an adult, got married and had children, and when she lost her sons, you know, the first one, she said she would see him all the time. Really? Yeah, she said she would see him all all the time. And he was very protective. He got murdered. A young lady that he knew was in a domestic situation. And she had left Chicago, but she took the keys to the house she was living in with her. And her aunt didn't want her to mail the keys back. She wanted her to bring them back. So she called him, and her husband had someone to kill them both. They followed him. They saw him coming through the neighborhood and called him, and and he had this person follow them until they got close to the aunt's house, and he ended up, they stopped at a stop sign, and he was sitting behind them and shot up both, shot the car up. Mm, how old was he? Uh, 27. 
Wow. Okay. And that was the so, first child that Yes, that was the first one to get killed. And then the other one was younger than him? Yes. Her two youngest, um, one 21 and the other was 24. I probably got the ages confused, but they were all like four years apart. So, and um, one of them never, never went off the block, decided to take his girlfriend. No, he wasn't that old because he had to, because... Yeah, they went to a birthday party outside of the neighborhood, and when they got ready to come out the door, it was a young man standing across the street shooting. At, as soon as the door opened, he started shooting, and he grabbed the young lady he was with and pushed her out the way, and the bullet that would hit her hit him. But, you know, and people be saying, you know, they would talk to me about him doing that. I say, if that wasn't what God wanted him to do, he wouldn't have did it. Right. So I ain't gonna never right. be mad at him trying to save somebody else. Right. Right. And the youngest one, his brother had a little girl. Brother went back into the neighborhood, but you know, to, to the mom's house to make sure that the baby didn't need anything. Was walking around the corner to get pampers for his niece, and some young man shot him. And he told the police that it was the anniversary of one of his friends getting killed, so he was going to kill the first person he saw, and it happened to be my grandson. Oh, my goodness. And all of this was in Chicago? Yes, and it all happened within 27 months. Wow. Oh, wow. There's that number 27 again. This is the second uh, time 27 has come. That was my mother, the year my mother was born, and then... Um, that was something that we heard. I heard on Friday from my guest. She mentioned twenty-seven. So there, and you know that's a nine. So this is it's uh-huh. no accident. It's no accident that we're hearing these divine messages of life purpose assignment. You know what comes to me, uh, Mama Evelyn. Each one of us. Um, agreed to come here. In fact, I don't know if you believe this, but each one of us chose our parents, and we we had an agreement with the Creator about the time we would leave and how we would leave. Now, of uh-huh. course, it's an un- subconscious memory, but hearing your grandchildren um, transition the way they did, it's just, to me, like you said, full of purpose, that these young men as 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 sad as it would be for their mother, this was their assignment. So what is what is, we look that we look at that and say, what are the lessons for us to have those three young men transition the way they did in the time they did in this one family? That that to me is how we overcome the fear of losing a child because it's so clear that their assignment was to do what they did and to leave the way they did. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. that? I agree. I agree. And you can actually tell by the way children are when they're small with their purpose. I, haven't you seen a young child, three or four years old, 
every time you see him, he's running to get something for his mom or dad. It might be a pillow. Mm. He might be see their shoe out of place. Mm. You will show them living their purpose because they're getting ready for what God has asked them to do. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She sounded like a crazy old lady. <laughs> no, no, but, no, not at all. Because, no, go ahead. But I am one of those firm believers that God trains the child the whole time you're carrying him. And the reason, and and this is the other thing that we have to understand, if we're going to reclaim what's going out here, the women have to do it. That's the reason that God have you carry a child for nine months. You know why? There are certain skills that you are putting in that child as a mother. You're teaching that child how to love, how to be sustainable, how to give up themselves, how to be compassionate, because that's what you're doing to them while you're carrying them for nine months. Right, when you were pregnant right. with your children, didn't you take better care of yourself at that time than you did any other time? Well, yes, and that's what um, being, that's why I, as a doula, I want to help women realize that's what they need to do because many women don't take care of themselves uh, better when they're pregnant. But, yeah, that's the per- that's the whole design and the idea is to be more conscious and aware that your body needs more attention, more better health, all of those things, absolutely. Well, you're teaching by doing those things. You are teaching that baby to survive out here in the world. You yeah. are forming that connection with your baby. Yeah. And then when yeah. they come home, when they are born and they are old enough to get around and walk and learn, then that's when they are turned over to the fathers to learn how to survive out here in the world. Yeah. But you now, are the do first you think were, were your grandsons living with their mom uh, at the time of their transition? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So do you think it's it's more difficult when they a child um, passes if they're living with their mom or if they're if, would you think it would have been easier on her if they had not been living with her? I think it might have been a little easier, but I think it also might have been a little harder because she wouldn't have been there seven days a week. She wouldn't have known what they were doing most of their time because they were living somewhere else. So I think it would have been it's harder after your child leaves home because you have a smaller connection to them because they're either they're living somewhere else, they work in a job, they got a wife or a girlfriend that they're spending time with, and they may only see you in the evening or on Sundays. Run by and say, "Hey, mom, how you doing?" So I mm-hmm. really think it's harder when they're gone than when they're living at home, because when they're at home, you got them seven days a week. The only time they're gone from you is when they're going to school or going to work or going to party, but you know they're coming back home. So I do think it's harder when they are not at home. 
And the first thing that comes to your mind, in most cases, is, man, what could I have done different? And in most cases, there's nothing you could have done different because you did everything that you were supposed to do when you did it. But but don't you think, well, you know, let's talk about that. We have to take another break. Uh, and when we come back, I want to talk about that because I, it, to me it seems like if they're living away from home, you wouldn't have so many regrets about what if I could, what if I had done something differently, as opposed to if they're living with you day every day, you're. It seems like you're more likely to say, oh, if only I had, you know, given him a hug that day or that morning, or if only I had said something different. You know, it seems to me there are more regrets if the child, if the adult or whatever is living at home versus living away from home. But we won't talk about that when we come back. I'm muted. And okay. uh, Naima, Latif, Naima Latif, our uh, executive producer, is going to uh, take us to another set of commercials. So we'll be right back. Okay. And Naima, your mic is open. I'm sorry, my internet seems to be stuck. Let me try another button here. Spinning. What's what's the point? I'm sorry, I'm having some issues here with my uh, internet on this device. Yeah, let me go to another device uh, real quick. Uh, I can play a call. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products and they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. They're non-GMO and sustainably produced. And we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today.
Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Father, 
spirit, that's number one. And, and mm-hmm. I think you'll agree. Number one, you had a mother who prayed all day, and when her children left, she didn't fall apart or go into grief for a long time, right? Right. So I so. think the 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 time we spend in grief may have a lot of uh, the or parents spend in grief grieving for the loss or the the transition of their child uh, says a lot about their spiritual maturity or lack of the spiritual maturity being the invisible world is ninety percent of our reality that's the way some people teach it invisible what we don't see is 90% of our reality. So when a child leaves and they're now their body is now invisible to you, you can't see them anymore, that's the reality that we should have been prepared for, in my mind, all along. Right. So when when they leave, oh, you know, it should it really the the perfect uh adjustment or relationship in their at when they leave is Oh, they're in that other reality now. And like you said, as, as your grandmother taught you, Miss Miss uh, the whatever the ghost was, Miss Beasley was it Beasley? See, Miss Be Miss Beasley is still here. She's always mm-hmm. been here. She and her relation. Here's the the relationship that your grandmother had with this invisible spirit was powerful to teach all of her children and people around her about this invisible reality. And if you never mm-hmm. had someone like that, you think this is it, this third dimension of physical world, your your son's body, your children's body, this is it. Don't, don't talk to me about the invisible reality because I don't want to hear it. I've had such a great relationship with what I see. I don't want to talk about the relationship I'm going to have now with what I don't see. Okay. So uh, that is that's what a lot that's what all of us need to be thinking about the reality of invisible spirits, children going to go there at one point, and so forth. So let me um, open up the mic. We've got two callers now. Uh, who would like to comment? And so let me don't keep it away. Three, three, six, three, five, oh. Sister Mama AB in Arizona, welcome. How are you this evening? I am so grateful to be on this side of the dirt on this day. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, Dr. E. Yes, Thank ma'am, her. I can hear you. Go ahead. Wow. It, it, it started with um, Dr. Latif and and her sister talking about bullying. I, I couldn't believe that Dr. Latif uh, played that because what was talking about that earlier, and I posted it on my Facebook page, family. You got to check it out. Um, anyway, yeah. um, Mama Evelyn, it's Mama Evelyn, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Mama, for confirming something. If you add up today uh, the whole digit, it adds up to six. Right. Check it out. Okay. Okay. That number happens to be 
one of Reverend A.A. Allen's number. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because of Ms. Beasley and what Reverend Allen has been communicating with me. You see, uh, uh, when when your uh, siblings made their transition, I hear a lot of uh, nines and uh, uh, different numbers. Numbers mean everything. And Dr. V, did you not say you had another guest? And, and that couldn't come, and so Mama Evelyn came in place of yes. this? That's right. That's uh, oh, my God. That That is so awesome, Dr. V. I, I just can't emphasize enough how powerful your instincts, your intuition is. And, and even with Dr. Latif, uh, in her book, visits from the dream state uh they her little uh, her brethren from another world or another planet has also been communicating with me and i i reached out to you today dr latif to give you a downloaded message uh that he was in the house everybody has been in the house and mama evelyn you have no mm-hmm. idea of what weight you have lifted from me uh, to, to to know that I'm not crazy, and and Miss Mrs. Beasley, I choose to call. I think Mrs. Beasley is over here in this camp rooting <laughs> for me as well. I swear to God, I swear to God, people, as, as one of my husbands would say, swear to God, God, swear to God. Anyway, thank you, thank you. And I really would love to have a, a reasoning with you one-on-one because what your grandmother has done, she has set the stage of what is to be taught. And, 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 and I've been researching Miracle Valley, Reverend A.A. A. Allen, since 2006. And if no, if you're not aware of it, over there in Harvey, Illinois, the Miracle Healing Church, they had a shootout, and their brother was blown up here, 19 miles from here, in that shootout. And just Jackson came to investigate. And and if you add up all of those numbers with all of the players, you will see that the creator put that in motion. It, it's a lesson. It was an, an assignment that needed to be done. And, and, and this is good, Mama. This is so good that you are here speaking on this day, which adds up to a six. Six represents working for humanity without monetary gain, and much, much more. So thank us. You, you, you have made my life a little bit easier. And I give thanks to Mrs. Beasley. I got her written down, and I give thanks to the brethren in Dr. Latif's book, because there is going to be 
a major, major shift, and Chicago is at the forefront because of the energy. I may not see it in this in my lifetime, but family, there is something getting ready to happen between Chicago and Arizona. And I know this. As sure as I'm telling you this, I know this with all of my being. Thank us. We need to have another show, Dr. Latif, about this. Thank us. So, Mom, Mom, Mom Evelyn, do you have a comment before we go to the next caller? Well, I'm glad that I have been of service because that's my desire to do as much as I can whenever I can. Well, so I'm glad I was helpful. Your willingness to come on here at the last minute uh, really showed me the divine order that was at work for you to be here because you are, as you said, you're so willing to help that when a call comes to you that, hey, we need your help, you responded, of course. It was like I was surprised that, of course, oh, I can do that. Um, So, yeah, we're very grateful that Miss Beasley uh, has come into our our consciousness because even whatever her name, it doesn't matter as much as that reality that you have presented to us that will should help all of us be reminded of the invisible world that is here with us every day and help people to come out of the of someone in your life leaving you and going to the other side. So, uh, 773-366, Mike is open. Yes, good evening. This is Naima Latif. How are you? Oh, on another line. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I always have, like, several phones going on during these shows. But I did want to weigh in uh, because you had mentioned about people who are grieving heavily and not spiritually mature enough to understand that their loved one isn't gone. But the reason why they are at the stage they're at is because they haven't been allowed to know that this is a reality. You look at what our religions teach, the the worldwide accepted religions aren't allowing their followers to know that life is eternal, that we live many lives, and that the life we live is planned very much by ourselves before birth. They're not allowed to know that people plan several different exit points, you know, opportunities to leave, and people also may plan a violent death as a way to awaken those who are left behind to do something, to change things. So those of us who are aware know that many souls volunteer to come at this time to help the earth awaken, and there are many souls who chose to leave here violently because the rest of us need to awaken to the fact that what we've created is unacceptable in terms of our 
our extreme fear-based culture, our hate-based culture, and it, it's to motivate us to change things. And they made that choice as a soul to leave here in that manner that would awaken us. So it's very hard for a person who's grieving to hear that and accept that. Matter of fact, Beata, as you speak, many times people may get angry. How dare her say that? Because all their lives they've been conditioned to think in terms of heaven, hell, good, bad, God, the devil. And, you know, they they just are not able to comprehend what you're saying. But there also have been many communicators from around the world who are awakening people. And there are so many people who have gone through near-death experiences and have come back to explain. And, and just like um, your guest and Mrs. Beasley, you know, people who have had experiences with the unseen realm where many times thought of, oh, are they a little bit nuts? Well, you know, there's more and more and more and more people who are reporting their experiences to the point where it's impossible for us to keep denying it. Now, what we did on our uh, news network on air, we have a recommended radio TV guide and a listing of like 30, 40 different uh, YouTube channels and Facebook pages and podcasts where you'll hear people talk about near-death experiences. You'll hear them, uh, they're channelers, they're speaking to other realms. I mean, we're we're advocating that people like and subscribe to these channels because they're going to change your thinking. They're going to erase a lot of that programming, that limiting fear-based programming that doesn't allow you the information that would help you see the transition of someone differently. And the only way people are going to heal from the grief is to be able to see it differently. Now, one last thing, I wanted to invite our our listeners and viewers to join us on Tuesday. I'm having as a guest Caroline Chang, and uh, I believe she's been on your show before. She's got a, an amazing, I know she's been on my show before also, uh, she's got an amazing story when her both of her, her children have transitioned. But she was able to contact them in spirit, and she also even worked with someone who has an electronic device that can pick up the energy signal and was able to actually record her son's voice coming from spirit. Wow. So the reality that that person exists, now you've got a, a physical device that measures it and, and records it, so it's undisputable. And so we'll be, we'll be talking about that, and I'll be sharing, uh, of course, my story with my ongoing connection to my husband who has been living on the other side for, you know, over a decade now, 15 years, 16 years now. And we, we agreed that we were going to keep in contact. And I discovered that there is no spiritual law that keeps you from going to visit them or them coming to visit you. You know, even though they're doing other things, you know, they're still learning and, you know, socializing, having fun. But the worlds are beginning to merge. And the, as they say, the veil is thinning. So we're able to communicate with those who have transitioned back to spirit. So the 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 challenge we have is to help people get beyond their fear, beyond their indoctrination, and accept the reality that there is no such thing as death. You're either 
living embodied or you're out of body, but you're always alive and you always existed. So as we begin to grow and share this teaching, we can help people, and that's what's going to transform our world. The only thing that keeps us in this state that we're in is fear of death, but what happens when you discover there's no such thing as death? And that was really the the teachings that Jesus was trying to convey with the crucifixion. There is no such thing as death. So don't let people keep you in a state of fear. You do not die. Even when you're out of body, you're still alive. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Naima, for those words of wisdom. And uh, when you mentioned violent death, I thought about uh, Maui. What happened to Maui recently? And I want to get um, Mama Evelyn's um, perspective on the, if you, she's heard on the news about Maui. How I, I've come to the acceptance that the children, I'm thinking especially of the children, there were many adults who perished in that inferno. But I was thinking about why, why would these children have to go at this time? And what has come to me is that they agreed to do this at this time to wake us up. This is it, you couldn't imagine a more horrific um, vision of all the fire consuming children, and there is a question now of whether those children were even are even in tra- have been trafficked because some weird things have gone on there before uh, the fire hit and and uh, children are missing, and so chill those children I'm believing in Maui who did if they did perish they chose this time to go to wake us up and help us realize that we have a choice now to change the way uh, our government especially operates because there's so much corruption involved in what happened there now that's coming out. The fire hydrants not working, the electric company not doing their job. Uh, So many things that happen that show the incompetence of the government that, uh, we are now looking at the lessons, the lessons from this, how, which are many. But Mama Evelyn, what have your thoughts been on uh, the way uh, many children died recently in Maui? I'm going to say this and tell me I'm crazy for seeing it this way, but it seems to me like they're doing a cleansing. Mm-hmm. And their biggest goal is to remove the spiritual people. Okay, who is they when you say they're doing a cleansing? The devil's workers, servants. And that could be the government or anybody that's in charge. Because what we fail to realize is just like God uses people, so does the devil use people. Right. And some of them are truly willing to serve the devil. Right, right. The way you destroy people, a race of people, is you have to kill the foundation and the future. Who's dying right now? Your old people and your children. Yeah, yeah. So it means that they are really only trying to protect and not even some of them because some of them are throwing each other under the bus. Yeah. Try to only keep this like-minded people who like misusing or destroying other people. 
regardless of how we feel about it, this is a spiritual situation. And just like you have yes. the spirit of God, you also have a spirit of the devil. And we choose every yes. day which one we are going to follow. And so what do you think that reminds us what our role is, those of us who are conscious, spiritual, and ready to do the will of the Heavenly Father, the Creator? What is our role? We have in situ- We have to do what we were ordained to do in the beginning. Didn't your Bible teach you that God said, feed them? And see, he wasn't talking about food. He was talking about feeding that spirituality. Absolutely. To make sure that they Absolutely. understood, we, even when it comes to religion, we have allowed religion to separate us because religion is man-made. It didn't come from God. God told you right. spirituality. And when you deal from spirituality, the only person question you want to ask the person is, do you believe and serve the real true God? Because whether you think about it or not, if you was in China, you wouldn't be using the word God. You would be using the Chinese word for God. So people have always called God by many names. That don't mean you can't work together. Right. So we have to give some basic understanding of what there is a difference between spirituality and religion. God said. Yeah, you're absolutely and and it, it, to me it's events like this in Hawaii that clarify the need to define spirituality versus religion because religion cannot although I, and and even the fact that many of the churches in Hawaii are the biggest help but they are actually doing what Christ instructed us to do is like you said. Uh, feed the needs, uh, take care of your brother. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the beauty that's coming up now, out now in Hawaii, is that the community is really uh, coming together to help each other because they, they refuse to uh, look for help from FEMA or the Red Cross because they're not doing their job at all in this situation. So um, it's time for us as a community, even a global community, to to fill fill in where the government is failing miserably. So we've got um, we've got to go to the commercials. We've got a caller. I believe that's Brother Kwame. When we come back, I'll take calls. And I think my caller dropped. Uh, Mama Evelyn dropped. But we'll take your calls when we come back. Unmuted. Uh, and we're talking about overcoming the fear of losing a child. So thank you all for being here. If you have a comment, press 1, and we'll open your mic and hear your comment. And Naima and Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. 
We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. morning a struggle to get out of bed into the swing of things well don't worry you are not alone join us for thought-provoking stimulating and mindful conversations on higher learning with zelda speaks for your monday morning mindfulness sessions on blog talk radio the female solution mondays 7.30 until 9 a.m be sure and send your ideas thoughts comments and suggestions also if you'd like to be a guest on the show visit zelda speaks And send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. Miss Beasley and her grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. And 
So it was it was second nature to you. But there are not enough of those stories and experiences that uh, children get, people get, to transition right away when a child leaves their body. Oh, now they're in the other reality, the 90% reality of being invisible. So we are so grateful um, for Mama Evelyn sharing her experience that is helping us transition to that reality and not have fear about anyone in our life leaving their body that they just transition to a, a, an invisible quality. So we've got Brother Kwame Sunhorse. Your mic is open. Thank you for joining us this evening. How are you? I'm very grateful, Sister Viata, and good evening to your guest, Miss Evelyn, and to Mama AZ, and assalamu alaikum to Latif. You know, death is a thing that we we fear, but it, it's something that, that should not be feared because we are eternal. And the part of yeah. it is, is that we... Did we have a grieving ceremony when we left the cosmic and came and formed a human body? Do you remember grieving, leaving the the heavenly body and coming and, and, and forming a body in a womb and coming and taking the first breath to the last breath? Because you're returning back to what you came. And so it's a part of that we've gotten misguided and and being able to communicate. Celestine Prophecy, I remember the movie, and then the 10th Insight. And in the book, The 10th Insight, he talked about when he left the the heavenly body and he came and he, he saw all of his helpers and and relatives that came with him. Because the part of it is, is both of you are women, and in you carrying a child, you were carrying a child when you were in the womb of your mother. Your body was already prepared to have that body that was getting ready to come at that same way as those children there on that island in Maui that have disappeared were in bodies of indigenous people and who who knows the other people that had lost children. But those bodies already were in bodies, and those people, those mothers and fathers that were there, chose to do what Creator had given them the choice to do, is to bring forth that light. And so in that doing, it was the part of this is what was going to be the result of that in order for us to see that which is given because there's an old saying is that, you know, a child comes through us, but it does not belong to us. We're caretakers and we're, we're guiders and directors of that child, but every being belongs to the creator, everything on the planet belongs to the creator. Even the devil was created by the creator, but he chose to not destroy it, but allow him to to be banished from where he was and to come here because that was not the creator's source. And the other part that we have a a thing about, and I heard you say it, I think, like, 
Naima was talking about Jody's having a show where they've got a machine. The thing that old people always were able to do, and especially children, children have a, a, a frequency that they can see the spirits and all of that. They get distorted, or when they tell you that they have a friend, or they, oh no, you aren't, don't, you don't say that. You're, you're telling them not to believe in their power of of seeing both sides of the world, the, the, the seen world and the unseen world, because we disconnect as we grow, especially by the time you get seven and once you become an adolescent and your body is releasing those children that were already putting you when you were in the womb. That's the adolescence age. And so this is what we're seeing. And I'm grateful that Miss Beasley, but I'm trying to remember, I've been sitting here trying to remember there was a TV program that the little girl on there had a, a, a doll, or what she talked about was her doll was Miss Beasley. And it was the spirit of Miss Beasley was in that doll that she always talked oh, wow. about. And, I, and, and that, that reminded me of it because most old people have a way in which they sit back and they, they sit alone and they communicate with spirits on the other side because we can't talk like we talk to each other. There's another level of frequency. We have to remember how to communicate and hear like Mama AZ hears because she has that, that frequency. She talks to this world and that world. And some of us are gifted and some of us have lost the gift. And what we have to begin to understand is nobody leaves because Death is when a person can't hear, he's deaf. That's the definition. He's deaf. But the part of it is, is that he can no longer hear. And you can't hear that person, so you're looking at it as deaf, but it's not deaf. person is, is in your heart and in your mind, and every breath that you take, you're breathing that person and living for that person. They don't die. That's why we have history and you have people name buildings after each other and monuments and all of these things is because as long as your name is spoken, you live. It's when it's no longer spoken that do you still exist in the minds of man and woman. Hallelujah. So, so true. Miss Beasley gets around, Mama Evelyn. She's <laughs> in <laughs> She's all over the place. <laughs> and and I think that's just a reminder for us to thank you, uh, brother to encourage our grandchildren and our young people to listen to the invisible world and, and develop that intuition that says indeed that you may have a friend who you can't see. Um, and that's the key, I think. And you said something else about our children. We don't own our children. They come through us, but we don't own them. And that's where um, I, the challenge is for mothers to realize every child that came through her womb, it's not your child. Stop, stop calling that son or daughter my child. Because that's where I think we get so attached that when they leave, when they go to position to visible, we are unable to detach 
the affection that we have had for that um, for all those years, and it's so painful. It's painful because we've been so attached to, quote, my child. And then if we can detach from that title, my child, and relate to that soul that came through your womb as a soulmate, a soul partner, I think it's easier when they transition to the invisible world to accept it without grief and pain. I'm not sure. Mama AZ, um, you, I see your, your hand is up again. Did you have another comment? I, d- I do. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank us. Thank us. Thank us, Brother Kwame, for the sweat lodge that you built today. Thank you for the confirmations. And thank you for Mrs. Beasley, because I was racking my brain trying to figure out where have I heard that? Where, 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 where? And thank us, Brother Kwame. So you said it was on an animation series that we used to watch? Uh, let's see. His his mic is closed. It was. It was. I just sent it. I just sent it to uh, Viata. It was family. My family affair. The program family affair. The little girl talked to Miss Beasley. Oh, oh, Keith. Keith, what's his name? And the butler. Thank. Right. Yes. Miss Beasley. Yes, and the butler. Yes. Right. Okay. And that was fun. Yeah. It said that was Miss Beasley, and the little girl always talked about Miss Beasley. That's right. That, that, the butler. What was the name the of the show? What's his name? The it, family it, affair. Yes, family affair. I just sent it to you, Viata. You can send it to her because it was family affair. Okay. Yeah, I'll forward it. To you, Mom. That's okay. okay. Thank us. All right. Uh, so we only have a few minutes left, and uh, uh, thank you, uh, Mama AC, um, Brother. Uh, Mama Evelyn, um, in these last minutes, um, uh, share with us um, your what your relationship is now with. Uh, your daughter, for one, and you said you have other, uh, you have adopted children? I have stepchildren uh, from my second Step marriage. Children. I don't call it, I call them my children. I just didn't give birth to them. Okay, uh, okay. And I have 210 community daughters and 180 community sons. Wow. And those are just young people. When they call me, I answer. Sometimes they go with me to do different activities in the community, uh, like Did You Know Day. We pass out information that usually people don't have. Like we, uh, this month, we just did the Coco Kenwood Oakland Community Association. They had their festival. So on that day, we handed out information on teaching children and adults, too, the steps to problem solving. Because when you talk about problem solving, everybody thinks it has to do with math. So we changed the name from problem to challenge solving, and we put the steps out there for people to be able to teach other folks and themselves. 
how to do it. So Right. Okay. So I I'm just thinking as you as you relate to the all these young people and uh see them as um the future what entrepreneurs, uh how do you how do you relate to them as far as what how is helping them understand their purpose and their assignment on this earth? Well, the first thing I do is I have them to define their purpose. Okay, and I do it without judgment. Okay, as long as you can tell me the reason you chose that as a purpose, how you intend to achieve it, you are willing to do. Then I'm for it. Because if it's, if you're telling me that you're going to do something illegal, I'm going to go out of my way to find out what the consequences is for you doing it illegal. And that way, if you got the information and you still decide to do something illegal, then I got to ask you, what's wrong with you? If you can sit down and define it that way, why would you want to give it away? Because when you do something illegal, you're giving it away because you're putting yourself in jeopardy. Right, And we have to make sure that young people understand the difference. And even even if you give that wise counseling, I've learned with my two uh, sons at birth, (laughs) that even when you give them wise counseling and what you consider uh, good advice, they might make a uh, they might make a different decision, and I have learned that the creator is trying to tell me to let go of the need to be right and to let go of the need for them to meet my expectations because they have lessons to learn that I know nothing about. That's where how I have more peace. Can I ask you this? Yes. What makes you more right than this? Exactly, exactly. That's 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 exactly what I'm saying. It, it, I'm thinking, is- you know, all their life, I'm thinking I'm right. I'm right. You're, and you know what? They're hearing a lot of kids are hearing you're wrong. You're wrong. Just because we're adults and we think we're right. That's it. Your 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 job is to make sure that they got enough understanding to know the difference about what is positive moving forward and what is negative moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's been the lesson for me in their adult life is to let go of the need to be right, number one. Let go of the need for them to meet my expectations, whether and I'm you know, I'm a health coach. They ain't meeting my expectations in that area at all. They drinking, they eat crappy food, all that. And I have found peace in that in, 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 in this relationship because the creator has lessons for them to learn that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with my daughter now, she thinks she's my mommy. She is very <laughs> no, she's very, very over she thinks that because I'm now seventy four that I shouldn't want to walk out here and talk to young people is too dangerous. I I don't live with that concept. Okay, yes, I am aware of where I'm at and who I'm talking to, but I don't look at situations as dangerous situations. 
I don't accept that. I've never, I told you I've been doing this since the 70s. I've never been disrespected by a young person because I don't go to them with disrespect. Right, right. Okay. To them about affirmations. My favorite one, you know what that is? I look in the mirror in the morning at my face, and I say, God loves you, and I love you, and it ain't nothing you can't do as long as you believe in God and you. And that's how I start to my day, looking in the mirror, saying that to myself. And and that's exactly the sole purpose that we all should be consciously, actively moving in, is love, promoting love for self and helping those around us love themselves. Fly, first love yourself, that's my motto. And um, thank you. I think you are just the person we you're exactly the person we need to hear from tonight so we can all give thanks and praise to the most high for setting this up <laughs> i believe it was can a I, setup. can i make a suggestion <laughs> yes ma'am and i know you're in the health field so i'm just listening from a couple of the conversations and questions that i heard when you have yes. your session again would you see if you could get somebody to come on and talk to folks about doing self-regulating. Okay. And that could be something as simple as just patting your feet for counting the 10. But it's something okay. that you use. When you self-regulate, it's something that you use when you're having an episode. Maybe the grief hits you real hard. Maybe a thought comes back to you that you got ready to deal with. And that's what you use self-regulating to do is to bring you some calmness. So maybe if you could find a grief counselor or something that could talk to your group about self-regulating and the things that, you know, they can do in the, and give them an accurate, you know, reason for doing it. I think it would help a lot in moving through the grief process. And um, our our Thursday um, morning host is Dr. Debbie Green, and she actually does a lot of, of that counseling for us on the show. Uh, so uh, if you want to tune in um, Thursday morning, uh, we have Dr. Debbie Green on the Female Solution. She she gives that type of self-regulating. She's a, a professional uh, psychiatric counselor, but but that's great advice to um to end the show on the fact that when as as a mother or father when the the um possibility that your child might be ready to go to the invisible realm self regulating is i think that's what you're saying is self regulate to number one reduce the stress of the moment reduce the reality of the moment that this child might leave their body and then not be in fear is that is that what you're saying? Yes, I'm saying that you will be more accepting of their decision. Yeah. Because a lot of parents, yeah. when their children leave them, they feel like it's something that they didn't do, and that right. that's not necessarily right. that is not necessarily true. Right. Right. So that I think really would help take the guilt and the grief away, um, and acceptance that. The, the reality of invisible world is here for your child or your husband or whoever 
and we can find peace and even joy, even joy in that experience, would you say? One to get to, but I think that the 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 the, the word says he they, he turns my morning into joy, and I always say the morning, the M O U R N I N G, uh, is the key to getting to 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 experience the morning. That's why sometimes I, it's good to it's okay to say good morning. Have a good M O U morning about the the transition of a child. Have a good morning and then begin the transitional uh emotional transition to joy that helps you develop the new relationship that this person has with you in the invisible world versus the third dimension. Yeah, well See, my self-regulating is every Monday night I go out dancing and singing. How good for you. Oh, boy, yes. that's going to keep you young. Well, that will huh? keep you young. That will keep yes. you young. Yes, Hallelujah. yes, yes. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. <laughs> Sometimes. Time for... Sometimes and it lets me know just how old I am. Yeah, of course, because <laughs> you can't what you to do right <laughs> yeah but as long as you can move those hips we're okay and 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 oh, feel yeah. the music that's my number one love is music so i'm always ready to move those hips and sway to good night and and blessings much love and appreciation for you uh mama evelyn and we hope you'll come back again another time well, I'm going to put it on my calendar for thir- what time Thursday morning? Eight o'clock or, or seven o'clock your time. I'll send you the link. Okay. Because I'm going All to right. put it on my have, calendar. All right. Have a great evening and um, be blessed. Shalom. All right. And Peace and blessings, family. Same to you. And we're going to say uh, say our farewell, uh, thank you ending now. And everybody, don't forget, tomorrow morning is Zelda Monday Morning Mindfulness. Come back for some breathing and words of inspiration. We've come to the end of our show today. But you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, 
Alingato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kunyo, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Giabonga, Senegal, Gareth, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. Back tomorrow. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.